am I the only one? You know, like when uh, when you look at the hob, you know, like the um, the um, the stove top, you got like four b- b- burners on it. Yeah, I have different emotional feelings about each one. I trust wow. the the one that's the that's the the bottom left is my right. friend. The right. bottom right is like a sidekick right. and is fine. The right. The back two, I kind of trust the the back left one, but the back right one, mistrust. Really, uh, that that is my last resort of of putting a pan on because it's it has evil in- intentions, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding? Is it, you just say it for no. comic effect? No, no. I wow. had a this conversation oh, came bizarre. up on Twitter. A while ago, someone else brought it up, and all these people are in the comments going, "Yeah, mm. I, I don't like the uh, the back left one or the back right one." I'm going, really? "Yeah, I, I now have oh, you know, like how it's it's the same with numbers, right? So, so people tend to like even numbers, and a little bit more suspicious of the of the odd numbers, like number three and seven. And they seem to have like seen sort of mystical, mystical qualities. It's well, three it's in, has does have mystical qualities, isn't it? It's yeah. It's it's infinity. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to the hob. I can relate to the hob situation totally. I think that's because some can of them you? work, some of them don't. Yeah, I've got my trusty right. little character um, on on the right hand side, a little awkward character at the back that kind of like kind of comes on, comes off. The guy in the middle is packed up. And my wife has a, a funny thing where she goes to a shop and there are two things left on the shelf and she needs to buy one of them. She won't buy it because she feels that if she takes one, she'll leave the other object all alone. Right. There we go. Okay. So uh, let's, right. let's, let's I feel introduce. Like the only, I feel like the only normal one today. That's, that's a yeah. bit of <laughs> <laughs> So let's introduce Jonathan. The co-founder and coach of Messy Mondays, who joins us in the town hall. Great to be here, guys. All right. Well, now we're all here. Uh, Except the intro. Yeah. You know what? I should have actually just said, uh, Jonathan, co-founder, coach of Messy Mondays, welcome to ADHDville. ADHD. joining us fading out this is so nice to be here yeah our first guest our first guest it's a real pleasure to have you thank you paul it's a yeah thanks so much guys for doing this as well putting your necks on the line and you know raising your voices thank you yeah if it's at our our age it's like turtlenecks on the line but anyway (laughs) that's another story Anyway, anyway, hello, I'm Paul Thompson. I was recently diagnosed with ADHD after five, 56 years of wondering if the squirrel that I was always distracted by was actually actually my doppelganger in a cunning disguise. And I'm Martin West, and I was diagnosed with ADHD 10 years ago, a, a decade, if you will. 
Wow. I'm and Jonathan. Oh, do I get to... I'm Jonathan? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I was diagnosed four months ago, so I'm all quite new to this, but I guess I've, it's always been around. So um, new, but very familiar. Mm, lovely. So um, just to introduce our podcast, as we always do, we're just, Martin and myself, uh, we're two mates who by coincidence or not, after 39 years of friendship, discover that we're co-ADHDers. Put it a little bit of context, Jonathan and I, we've been friends for about 25 years. Recently, was it five, six months ago, discovered that we're co-ADHDers too. Which is bizarre. Mm. All bizarre. Very bizarre. Other weird thing is we all moved away from England around the same time, 19 years ago. Mm. Martin used to move to New York. Jonathan moved to Copenhagen. And I used to move to Italy. Freaky. Officially mm. freaked out. There you go. So um, it's really important to say that to, at this point, this is an entertainment podcast about ADHD adult ADHD and does not substitute in any way for individualized advice from qualified health professionals. No, no, no. So don't take any advice from us. We're just here as a kind of all-inclusive ADHD park bench with room for everyone, including your doppelgangers, your alter egos, your body doubles and your chaperones. Chaperones. Still here? Okay. So grab your thermos flask and let's take you to ADHDville. An imaginary town that we've created in our minds. It's got here mm-hmm. in, uh, in our yeah. minds. Uh, where we like to explore different parts of ADHD. Okay. And we start off, as always, at the town hall in the mayor's office, where we, the joint mayors of ADHD, take care of business. Except we have Jonathan here, which is uh, a huge pleasure. And uh, the first thing we can talk about, it's always the first meeting on the agenda, is uh, how was our week's? Good, bad, ugly. Who who wants us? Who who wants to start off? I can I can bad, pitch George in. Start, Martin. Pitch. Go, go pitch. Go pitch. Sure. Um, I know that people are probably, uh, uh, if you've listened to a previous uh, episode, are concerned that the card lights on my dashboard all lit up like some sort of freaky Christmas oh, yeah. tree. And that, yeah. and that I was pro- procrastinating about whether I should take it in or perhaps the car brakes going and I just die in a horrific ball of flame. Um, but actually, uh, it seems to sort of uh, magically sorted itself out. Okay. So, um, so this is this is one of those times when procrastinating nation may have won the day and i and i I think it's probably because i had crap on my on my on my on my sensor and it just got cleaned itself off and and it it was fine it's it's like it's like that's what you always wish for is it when you progress oh please just like you know sort yourself out you know by yourself sometimes don't add don't add to my goddamn don't add to the adhd tax you know that that accumulative cost over 50 years of like oh god your car blew up as mine did once Mm -hmm. because i couldn't be asked to take it into the into the mechanic yeah um um, i had an accident because i couldn't be asked to uh, get the 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 tires changed oof because they were slick by the time i put new ones on (laughs) fucking awful god yeah How, how are you still here 
How yeah, it's are amazing, you isn't it? still here? Still haven't <laughs> broken a bone either. Is that relevant? I don't know. <laughs> well, it is to you, I, I, I would guess. <laughs> so, um, how about you, Jordan? How was your week? Yeah, thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. It's really funny that before I go into my good, bad and ugly, you mentioned, you know, it's a late diagnosis for me. And so I start getting like flashbacks to stuff that happened in the past. And realize, ah, that was the ADHD. And when you mentioned your carpool, I had similar experiences, which is really right. interesting, where I used to drive on like, you know, back then, like, you know, four or five pounds of petrol at a time. I'd go into a petrol station and I'd only put five pounds in because mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to go out right. and then always run out of petrol. Right. And right. second and to boot and come in because it, it, on the second point is I had a car with a steering wheel where you turned left, it turned right. And right and what? left. <laughs> what? And I didn't. On, I, can't, I can't believe that I thought that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you ended up in Copenhagen. You were supposed to exactly. end up in New York. <laughs> exactly. Totally the wrong way. Exactly. <laughs> That's so bizarre. thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the reminder, Paul. Thanks for sharing. I do that every week. I leave it to the last minute. I hate going into petrol stations. I hate them. And then you and get that horrible feeling. You're down. I think I once I was in the middle of nowhere in Sicily, literally middle of nowhere, midnight. I had 21 kilometers of fuel left. Oh, and I know the feeling. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I almost feeling sick, physically sick. I've been in that situation where I've run out of petrol on the top of a hill. Got some people to roll me to, the, to the, push me to the top, and then when I rolled right. down, obviously the petrol went into the engine, so I could drive home. And actually, right. that happened more times than than it should do, but it all seemed like it never stopped, and it was kind of like okay. <laughs> it was so not okay. Right, <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah, let's <laughs> crack on. How how was your week, Paul? Uh, still well, ooh, you know, same as it's such a theme at the moment. It's same as it's like I'm a bit overwhelmed at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Diagnosed a couple of two or three weeks after Jonathan. Yeah, still in that place. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to a bit of a break at Christmas. I need to like, because we be, we started the podcast literally the same week as I got my diagnosis. Yep. And I haven't had a chance to like, oh, do you know what? I need a, like a week of not thinking about ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like All just right. like, let, it, let it go, shake it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get. Uh, so, item number two, where are we going today, Paulio? Where are you going? Is your... Or three. Yes. Yeah. Where are we all going? Actually, my first question is uh, what's your name in Italian? Is it just Paul or is Paolo. it. Paolo. Uh, Paolo. Paolo. All right. There Paolo. In theory, my, my surname would be. Translated as Tomazzoni. Paolo Tomazzoni. All right then, Paolo Uh, Tomazzoni. Where are we going today? Well, Marty, thanks for asking. We're gonna we're gonna take a trip down to the cafe, get a you know, uh you know, we're gonna get a coffee based on our on our personal whims. All right. Well okay. Well we're all gonna have to squeeze into the mayor's taxi. Um so let's jump in and we'll uh, head over to the cafe. 
We'll have a bigger car next time, Jonathan. I promise we'll have a bigger happy, car. Happy for the ride. <laughs> get like a I had a caramel no it, it, it was like a, a shortbread latte shortbread oh. and peppermint latte I think I had the other week yeah okay what's what's That's your what um what's your tipple Jonathan at the at the uh, in terms of coffee it's, it's, it's a coffee. flat it's a flat white that's almost got a okay. bit like fashionable and kind of no big deal nowadays uh, but I was right. drinking them back in the day <laughs> okay okay I was once I was once it's God is it funny it things that popping in your mind I was, I was in London two or three years ago I went into a Starbucks I think it was near Piccadilly or Trafalgar no Trafalgar Square and um I said uh, can I have an espresso please? And she says, so the lady says, uh, yeah, sure. I said, oh, could you add just a little bit more hot water to it, though? At which point she turned around and looked at the men. She says, no, I can't do that. And she, and she said, I said, why? She said, because it hasn't got a name. Huh? And what? What? So I said, no, what? It's, it's, it's an espresso, so it's just the thing. But, like, just a little bit more hot water in it. She looked around again. No, hasn't got a name. So I had to order a uh, American coffee. I think she was ADHD. Did have a picture. <laughs> Didn't have a name. Sorry, mate. Off. Just can't do that for you. All right. I. But I'm a. I. I've stopped drinking coffee, so I'm on really dull kind of uh, what they called uh, ginseng coffee. It's, it's pretty dull. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, anyway, we're, we're, so, we're in our yeah. coffee. We, we we have our coffees. We're sitting down. Um, <coughs> so, uh, so messy Mondays. Let's mm. should we? Oh well, we can either start there or we can start with like ADHD. God, I'm such a shit interviewer. No, I get it. I like it. I like, <laughs> I like the question. Being a messy Monday person, exactly the kind of question I love. Do you want me to start on um? my ADHD journey a little Why bit. Why not? Yeah. yeah, let's start yeah. there. And how it kind of like maybe comes into it. Um, I I was diagnosed four or five months ago. Um, and I think that's been like a drawing a line in the sand in time. Um, lots of things kind of like make sense. And it's mm. been like a, on the whole, a nice journey um, of self-awareness, of added knowledge to what I know already. Um, and then some unknowns of really understanding, God, there's something happening in my brain that is neurobiological. And that's kind of like, uh, what is that about? Um, mm. But it, it's been really helpful um, for me to know. Oh, yeah. My whole system has been like relaxed by it and calmed just by knowing. Yeah. And even though there are anxieties in the unknown of this neurobiological gift and disability uh, on the whole, I feel calmer and more present mm -hmm. because of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it, cause it's, a, it's almost like, Oh, it's not a personality flaw. It's not some sort of mm -hmm. lack of morals and, and, you know, in me, it's just like, it's, it is a literal, 
you know, it's a thing in my brain and in it, in it, in it, in it's wired a certain way and that's why. So it almost, yeah. it takes some of that kind of sting out of, mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, but less the work out in, in, in some yeah. way on, 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 on that level. Well, if you, if, you, if you look at it or talk about it in terms of a victim, you will become, you know, something in the language. If you hear yourself saying enough, that's, this is exactly how you approach it, you know, rather than kind of the harder way, really, is to think, you know, what if it's like some people have a bit of a real problem with talking about gifts and superpowers. They say, what? No. They, they say it's all a, it's a bit kind of survivalist language. I just, mm. it's, I think it's neither one or the other, probably. Doesn't have to be, you know, judged at all. Yeah, I think I think that's, I think that's yeah, interesting. I think it's part disability and part gift, and you know, it's the question of understanding both, appreciating it's a disability and giving yourself practical support, but not at the expense of not seeing the fact that there's, you know, a benefit um, um, from that. Thank God, um, of having a, you know, b- b- being able to think differently. Um, mm. And hopefully, on the disability side, get all the help so you can take your gift to the world, as well. Yep. So they kind of work hand in hand. But you have to accept mm. both. But maybe a part of me does look towards the gifts, maybe as a slight. I don't. I. I. I have accepted my position in many ways of kind of having ADHD. But a part of me resists it a little bit, and maybe mm. turning towards gifts is a slight defensive mechanic on some level but it's mostly like a belief a belief that Mm. actually Mm. you know a deep belief that there are some assets here that could be beneficial for other people Mm. and i'm starting to put that into practice very slowly right because you're you know because you're you've had enough years under your belt right to kind of look back on your life and kind of go well actually i've done a lot of amazing things yeah right and definitely and you know adhd plays a part in that and sure i've had some you know down there's some downsides as well but at least you can kind of look back and and you can see where it's been a gift right and then it's like then you start to think well actually if i can get out of out of my own way if i can find you know mm-hmm. tech techniques if i can find ways of if i can work out how my brain works the best then i can make more of the good stuff and suffer mm. less of the bad mm. stuff it's that creative creative thinking that we've always been so good at it's now it's now's it's time to really come to the fore you know okay let's get creative about okay how can i bring the best out of who yeah. i am yeah and also look at look at some purpose behind it i read a really good bit of research i'll spare you all the details of course i could go into them um but i won't um um and they had a really compelling line in there that I really liked, that it mentioned that with neurodiversity, and it mentioned ADHD, they mentioned, quote, it comes as a um, cost to the individual, which it does, but at a benefit to society. Now, of course, you know, everybody is a benefit to society, but those words grabbed my attention. It does come at a huge cost to the person because it's a sweat. You know, mm. what I just realized that what some people don't even have to flinch at, I do, mm. right? What is a thing for me is not a thing for other people. However, mm. that's one side of it. The other side of it is, you know, thank God there's something in there in, in terms of 
thinking differently, thinking divergently, and yeah. applying that. Right. I feel that you know I want to raise the flag and take that to the world yeah. and like show that. I'm right. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to be any, anything other than I wouldn't want to. Ch- I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't change it either. Sometimes it's before I went on the ADHD journey, I was on the trauma journey. And I became a trauma-informed coach. Oh. Um, I thought the reason why I behave like I do is because of my upbringing and maybe traumatic responses. And with the diagnosis, I can see which ones are my upbringing and which ones are ADHD. And obviously, they combine um, and work together. And on that journey, the gifts sometimes can be misconstrued as maybe hyper-adjustments. Mm-hmm. And is it a gift or is it like a kind of like a, a gift or is it like a, a coping mechanism? Mm-hmm. Is the coping mechanism mm-hmm. a gift, or is there another gift that lives outside the coping mechanism? Oh wow! Mm, there we go. We're There's getting deep now. Yeah, too yeah. deep. Too, too deep. No, it's no, the, no, 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 it, no. It's the, Cop- it's the Copenhagen winters. They do this thing yeah. to you. But with that, in that trauma, in that that in that specific moment of trauma or period of trauma, people can go off in all kinds of tangents. You know, um, if you're lucky, you. You go off on a on a positive tangent, you know. You become maybe maybe in, I've always thought of myself as being hypersensitive, hmm. and always gave my heart myself a hard time for being hypersensitive. It's like it's like a <clears throat> something to be kind of like shamed about. Then I turned it into something I was actually adored about me, you know. I think it's, I think that's that, that's a nice way to look at it. That's what got me through, you know. But as you, as you sort of go back to that, you, it could go off in loads of that time. That trauma could go off in all kinds of tangents, can't it? Definitely, I think trauma has, <laughs> is very similar because it has a neurobiological impact mm. when we're so young, especially when something happens, like having like you know parents that are undiagnosed with ADHD, which was my story, <laughs> and yeah. that had an imp- and that had an impact right. on me, where, where they couldn't emotionally regulate themselves in order to emotionally mm-hmm. regulate an individual that being me that couldn't emotionally regulate himself by virtue right. of birth mm-hmm. but also yeah. because of you know a neurodiversity as well so that's kind yeah. of like kind of like you know and what happens in in that scenario yeah. and unpacking all of that right because the, the tail wagging saying, the dog <laughs> definitely you were saying earlier that uh you know that you end up with these coping mechanisms, and and do they be, become a gift? And you kind of think, well, yeah, mm. they probably do. You know, like because we were talking just a while back about how um, how ADHD people can be really good in a crisis, for mm. ex- example, and and our coping mechanisms for our, our own crises in our own lives end up being you know uh quite useful skills yeah beautiful i I think skill is a good word there because i think when you said that say say the example many people with adhd um many of us might have a pleasing a pleaser in order to fit in there can be like a pleasing mechanic and that's a coping mechanism in order to fit in it can become a skill in terms of collaboration the question is in the very moment when you're doing it are you a choice are you doing it um, through your own control or are you doing it in order to survive? I think that's one side of looking at our coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, the other side of it definitely gives us a skill. 
you know, on the trauma side of things, me living in a very fearful upbringing meant that I could do strategy work really well where companies paid me to be fearful on their behalf, thinking of the future, being anxious mm -hmm. for them, which mm -hmm. I turned into a skill. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's this beautiful area of gift. Ooh, you still there, guys? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just froze on my side. There's this other area outside skills that's like more like gift, like, you know, the gift of using a, ch a, a characteristic at choice, not as a survival mechanic, but at choice to do something quite amazing. Uh, um, a basic example could be Einstein was able to hyper-focus to the level where he could mm -hmm. split an atom. It's pretty good focus <laughs> where I stand. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's those gifts that I'm interested in where you're at choice. And as mm -hmm. Einstein went down the rabbit hole, he was unbelievably curious and that spurned yeah. his, his kind of like lust to get into something and hyper-focus. Mm. And I think that's yeah. a gift because it's got an expansive mm. feeling. It's exciting mm. getting into something, mm. but it's not so exciting people-pleasing, if you see what I mean. <laughs> what I'd offer on that is, um, on my part, I, I was, I was been, I've always been an overthinker, like, Jesus Christ, like, over and over and under and under. I go tell, down the, a rabbit hole. You know, it's what I used to call it. It's like, oh, here we go. Like, used to like, I stopped myself for like an, uh, half an hour or an hour into this rabbit hole overthinking discussion in my head, coming out the other end. Like, How the hell did I get here? Yeah. But that turned into a skill because later I got better at filtering out the crap. Beautiful. Good for you, Paul. I got better at like, okay, what are the useful thoughts? What are the what the thoughts that are not useful um and i, I got better at filtering and so i you know i came out the other end with a pretty highly trained mind like overthinker yeah but it turned yeah it, it turned into a positive oh, then, yeah beautiful i'm used to playing with like loads of concepts you know juggling concepts in my mind i love that i love that i think um oh i think that gift i'm not sure if martin can um also um agree with that is is that is that something you can relate to in relate in relation to kind of like you know going down a rabbit hole and um seeing through a wide lens loads of possibilities probably getting lost in it um but understanding that kind of like world oh yeah oh yeah kind of talk about the gifts of adhd and we're talking about curiosity um and it, and it, and it almost seems to me that when you become curious about yourself and about how your brain works and about why you're doing things, you know, why you're, why do you rabbit hole about something or overthink something? And then you become curious about yourself and you kind of learn your own, you know, about yourself and, and, and out of that comes insight. Oh, and, uh, and, and then that insight then turns into, you know, like it, it becomes a thing that that you can then play around with and and turn it into a tool that it, you can it, then yeah, apply to yourself, you know. And then that becomes a gift, right? So it's this kind of nice little process of curiosity, you know, makes gifts. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm hoping what I'm about to say might blow you away. It just blew me away just thinking about it. So okay. maybe I maybe I'm blown away. 
um, and nobody else will be. And that will I'm be okay. Not, I might have to, I, I I might have to put on two, two hats yes. just, just to, to make sure <laughs> yes. that my head stays on. Yes. I'll All right. I've got to spark up a cigar. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I love that. Um, so dopamine mm -hmm. is, you know, when we're curious and interested, we have the dopamine there. <laughs> so actually the lack of dopamine and the look and search for dopamine in interesting things seems to me to be quite purposeful. That maybe one of the uh, there's a theory that one of the reasons why we lack dopamine is so we can be forced to go out into the world and find our own, and we find our own in stuff that's interesting and maybe could be interesting for others. Oh, mm. the ultimate hunter gatherer, hunter gatherer, something, something like that, something like that. Neuro neurological hunter gatherers. Um, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, saying nice, that nice. I like that analogy. That that, that there's an evolutionary um, kind of pattern, if you like, in a society that says it kind of needs a percentage of peoples whose brains work in a certain mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. they go out and do new things, invent new tools, mm -hmm. um, right. you know, push, discover things. Uh, Right. There is research on that exact point on the, the same art, the same place where I found that, um, you know, cost benefit um, of ADHD was where I saw that research on this evolutionary need for div divergent thinking. I mean, for man to survive and for the gene pool to survive, it needs mm. divergent thinking. The genes need mm. to like change and evolve and neurodiverse uh, diversity is when you have a neuro, when you have the same gene pool, we stagnate when you have a diverse we evolve and so mm -hmm. that's documented i don't know if that's proven but it's documented in some good research um and these are nice things to think about and obviously i always go back to the initial thing which mm -hmm. is but it still comes at a cost to the individual <laughs> because to get there is like a lot of stress right internal it's, stress it's and society is instructed for it that's why society is structured for um Totally, it, it, good point. You know, we it's you know, it's hard to find a kind of a soft, comfortable kind of armchair. You know, if you're yeah, if you tend yeah. to feel like an alien all the time, right? Hundred percent. That's really interesting, though, Jonathan. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's really. I'm so, so people like you who are taking ADHD to the world and in any shape and form and whatever stories you have to tell, you're doing great work. Mm. You're doing great mm. work in kind of like, you know, getting the world to adjust mm. and understand. You, I'll ask you this question, Jonathan, because you were quite new into this. I'm learning to, to talk about it and, and, um, not be it, I'm not being it, but, um, when I communicate it and represent it of that kind of neurological diversity, but represent it with, with pride, or if you like, Definitely. represented it without shame. No, ex 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 exactly. Hundred percent. Pride's lovely. Um, without shame, definitely. Acceptance as well. Um, without the label, and a, I can relate to all mm. all of that. Where that's why that's why I'm into the gift, where I don't want the label. But I'm not sure if that's just part of my journey of accepting it, where it doesn't matter. Mm. Sometimes the label is helpful. It's helpful for me to know that I have ADHD. Because then, yeah. for me, it calms my system down. It's got an explanation. My wife understands why I act like I do. My kids mm -hmm. do. And that's cool. But in other scenarios, maybe I don't want the label. 
and I haven't quite worked out yeah. and I'm not brave enough in that space yet mm. to go out into the world and say, Hey, I have ADHD. Um, please don't judge me. I get, I, I pretty fear the judgment. So the gift part of it becomes a rather than label anything. Here's what I do. Judge me by what mm. I've done and mm -hmm. the enjoyment of the experience of being with me. If that makes yeah, sense, which yeah, yeah, can be yeah. hit and miss actually sometimes. Mm. I, 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 I do like that, you know, because when you do label yourself with ADHD, it's helpful that you can find fellow ADHDers, right? So you can feel like you're a part of a community Definitely. or even, you know, so ADHD, so ADHD Ville is like a little, is an expression of the community. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and, and we're kind of putting a place on the, on, on the map as a, well, this is a, you know, this is where you find yourself, but, mm. and that's cool. Um, but then as you, as you say, many people are out in the workforce trying to find jobs or, or, or whatever, or working with people. And uh, it's mm. it's much more difficult, as Paul was saying earlier, that, that society, I think, is, is only just starting to, to uh, yeah. wrap its head around mental health and about neurodivergent people. And, you know, mm. and they're not the 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 weird people that we... Mm. That, that they but there's, there's were, also but, a political but, but element, helpful. unfortunately. Definitely. Unfortunately, in the UK, point, moment, there's a political element. You know. Yeah. Um, the other element of it, because I do the, I do the like the most the, the, the kind of the social uh, social work on TikTok and Instagram, etc. Generally, you know, the people that stand out in a kind of neurological neuro, neurological uh, neurodiverse community generally are the extroverted ADHD people. You know, generally, you know, all all kinds of colours are wonderful people. It's, it's quite extraordinary if you do what I I do and you just like you you troll the on TikTok and uh, you know engage with that on that side of things. But they're, they're all lovely people. But they're generally the extrovert end of ADHD is where I well I have my moments. Apparently, we're all a bit extrovert, we're all a bit introvert. But you know, it's not they're not necessarily representative of the of the total. You know, hundred percent representative of the uh, of the community. You know, yeah, there are people yeah. that keep it quiet. You know, and uh, they don't necessarily want to. You know, sing from the rooftops about it. And that's and then, cool. And, and and then the question. Well, it's cool, but maybe sometimes it's also are they keeping themselves quiet? Yeah. If that makes sense, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah. and you know you know I'm seeing some extroverted um, people uh, who run lovely channels, and they're so damn yeah. free. And being uh -huh. um, um, being themselves, and mm. it's lovely to see. It's yeah, like a, yeah, it's yeah. kind of you know you know a part of me like roots for oh, them. Oh, absolutely. But I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but I get worried about how other people might view them, um, mm. and 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 whether there be any judgments on 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 that in the world. Um, but but I, it's a it's a really tough area, as you said, Paul. Yeah. The world hasn't caught up. Um, with that but but there's a beauty to that yeah mm. i like i really like the expression um you may as well be yourself because everyone else is, t is has already been taken definitely it's like definitely. And and you get to our age and it's like you, you lose you lose a bit of the shame you know you like realize that all the barriers you put that you put in front of yourselves in terms of the limit of your potential as a person as a person as a human is mostly bullshit 100 100 percent nice so so 
you now so let's uh so we can talk about messy mondays yeah perhaps yeah. great well, why why did you why did you start it i founded messy mondays uh two or three years ago um i i found my peace with creating an entity where i can collaborate with great people um mm -hmm. without being tied to people without them being tied to me without us being tied to an office and that's like a real vulnerable yet really valuable like work in progress um, where I have collaborators who can do things that I can't do. And together we're taking like a, yeah, an entity to the world, which I'll explain. Um, mm. Messy Mondays is all about, you know, bringing out our authentic self to the world. Okay. Um, it's about all, and that means going through and sharing everything that feels messy within us, which the world doesn't really kind of like always know how to embrace Cultures don't know how to cultivate that, find space for it, to be mm -hmm. vulnerable, um, to promote awareness, sharing. Um, and it started off on that. That's what Messy Mondays meant. Um, and the Mondays was kind of like the work, like it's in how do you deal with the messiness of our inner worlds in the workplace? Right. You know, so we can make some money out of it kind of thing. So, so we can make some cash out of it. Um, and also it was a good departure from strategy that I used to do for many big companies. Um, and so I can make a little shift into, it's not only the strategy guys, but it's also the, not the what you're doing, but how, how you're doing it together and what's going on between you. And that becomes quite an interesting melange. So at the moment I'm focusing on um, like applying um, human values to challenges, technology that people kind of like use and have an example of that would be how do you apply curiosity for a leadership team that I'm working with? How do you apply mm -hmm. curiosity when you give feedback to each other? Mm -hmm. Which sounds like, okay, feedback sounds quite boring, but when you apply curiosity to it, um, you start getting into a feedback session where the person offering the feedback doesn't fear judgment. They, they receive other people's curiosity. And when that happens, that becomes very beautiful. That's called empathic curiosity. Um, and I help companies work on their curiosity. Um, I also help on in other areas, but I thought for this focus, we'd focus mm. on, on, I'd focus on curiosity um, also to limit myself. Um, because when you get into curiosity, you always get in, you also get into awareness, vulnerability, intuition. Um, because it's quite a large topic, but helping companies apply my ADHD gift of curiosity sounds very natural. Where when I stand up there and I present and I'm there with my, you know, pontificating, you know, like I know my stuff, mm -hmm. I feel like I do know, I do know my stuff. And I think it was really funny guys that when you mentioned before, Paul, about um, going down the rabbit hole, when mm. you look at the theory of curiosity, there are three kinds of curiosity. There's the divisive curiosity, and I'm not going to give a lecture, but that's the bit you're talking about that the textbooks talk about, like like a child, like I like this, or that mm -hmm. that's shiny, mm -hmm. that's fun. Mm -hmm. Being on your social media kind of that's divisive. But at some mm -hmm. point it needs to move from, you know, as you mentioned, you you become really good at managing your mind into epistemic curiosity, where you don't focus on everything, you focus just on mm -hmm. one thing, but you go deep. Mm -hmm. Um and then the interesting thing here, I think, is the that I like to bring to the table now because it's more interesting than my lecture probably, is the feeling of wonder. 
right. the feeling yeah. of, of generally asking what's possible here. And the final Therefore bit, dopamine. Therefore exactly. dopamine. Exactly. What, uh, potentially. I think, I think yeah. you also get connection um, as well, where when I work with people on curiosity and they start getting into a general state of being received in an environment of curiosity, they start wondering, like, not what's mm. possible, because normally they present their strategy and people help them, like, develop it through curiosity and removing mm. judgment. But rather than mm. thinking what's possible for my work, they start moving mm. into a space of what's possible for me. Mm. Like, right. you know, what, what could mm. I be? What if? Oh, yeah, wow. And that wonderment, that reflection mm. can take you down the rabbit hole of thinking, well, mm. what if? Yeah. And the reflection that I think we have naturally mm. can be applied to neurotypicals to enjoy mm. that experience. Right. Because when you get into it, it's lovely. And then you're right, Paul, you produce dopamine mm. and, you, mm. and you can't, you know it when it happens. And when they get that, mm. they say things like, this was a very special moment. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, granted, admittedly, that, that's only happened once or twice. However, when that does happen and they say this is a special moment, they're feeling mm -hmm. the dopamine, their minds have opened to the possibilities mm -hmm. there. And mm -hmm. I can relate to that excitement of going down the rabbit hole with a wonderment. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like maybe potentially in the realm of gift, a gift that right. I can guide people. Because I know what that feels like. And it becomes yeah. like a, you know, like a, a felt experience with them. Right. They can apply to their work. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you, you end up with, you know, when you do work in these companies is that it's normally very structured, right? It's very rigid. You know, you have your lane and you have to swim in it. Um, and you don't generally want to, uh, to, uh, to play, to be curious, right? Because you're there to fill a certain role, you know. You're allowing people a, a safe space, right? To, to, exactly. to, to, to be curious, and then, yeah. and then see what comes out. Yeah. Beautiful. Something that's yeah. come to mind is um, I, I, I have this, I've a bit of a theory about um, when, when um, uh, authenticity comes from an authentic, uh, comes from a, a vulnerable place. Okay, because we're all vulnerable. And if you if you if you say you're not vulnerable, then you've really not you've maybe started on the road of of uh, you know self uh, discovery. For instance, mm -hmm. Albert yeah. Einstein was apparently uh, uh, he was crippled by um, imposter syndrome until his dying day. Yeah. So what what if Einstein? You know, part of his superpower was that he did come from a place of vulnerability. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that's lovely. I think this is where the coaching comes in. On, on so when I run um, these courses and workshops, the very initial stage is to get everybody when it's not one on one and it's a group or a team, um, or sometimes even it's a it's um, a cross collaboration between two teams where it gets really exciting because um, they're normally in silos. But that aside, the vulnerability becomes key where we all circle up. And we do a sharing circle um, and we get into a space where people feel safe because, you you know, you need to feel safe to share your curiosities because mm. you could make mistakes. Um, yeah. They could be slightly embarrassing. It's kind of like they're very personal um, to share to share our ideas. Um, mm. But it is a lovely experience when you're with a group and you've got the psychological safety and then people allow themselves to be 
curious and mm. widen their lens and play, like you said, Martin. Um, and part of it is we, we do applied improvisation where we, we do improv games with them, where they get a chance to play and rather than think, actually just move from the, their gut feeling. And they tend to love being in that position because we all love playing. And from there, you can start wondering, uh, exploring and being curious. Mm-hmm. Nice. There's another thing you mentioned, Jonathan, about uh, part of your methodology. It was about um, uh, people writing down their impressions of Beautiful. the people that are in thanks the same for, room thanks, with them. Thanks for remembering that. So part of my coaching um, um, was all about, hmm, how can I box this? One element was it, like we have um, the imposter syndrome, like you mentioned, we sometimes have very harsh judges of ourselves, like the inner critic. Um, And it's always there. It's pushing us. It's saying, hey, you know, without me, you know, you're not going to get there. But obviously we have a we need to get into a relationship with that guy um, because it's not always healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do before the session starts or as part of the module early on. I ask everyone to write down questions, to write down judgments about the presenter, um, um, worries, fears, and they put it into a book. And then I pick up the books and I say, keep writing, write until you're exhausted. And then they write them. I pick the book up and as a ritual, let's move it outside the room. And I'll say, we're going to come back to those judgments at the end. So don't worry because our critical thinking is important, right? But not at this stage of the process. And then we do the curious feedback session uh, or sessions. And at the end, I give them the books back. And this is the thing. I ask them, hey, guys, open your books. What questions do you want to ask now? And nobody wants to ask anything because the curiosity finds the way to find the answers, not the judgment. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a, a really kind of interesting kind of like mechanic and dynamic. Yeah, yeah. That I, te- I, I, I tested that and it happened to have worked uh, because I believe judgment is a blockage to curiosity. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I did a, a thing once where um, we we did a similar thing and we divided up into two groups. One group stayed in the room. The other group went outside the room and the group inside the room was told, right, we um, the people from outside the room are, are going to come in one by one. They're just going to walk in the room, turn around and walk out, out the room, right? And they're all going to be trying to kind of display some sort of character or personalized you know some something about their personality or something right they're going to try and exude something for you and then us on the on the outside of the room we were told just go in there completely neutral don't give don't don't try and give anything Mm -hmm. away just be as blank as you can possibly be Mm -hmm. so we walk in the room blank walk out blank and then, uh, and then everyone would write down Martin, and then what their thoughts were. Mm. And then after we'd done that exercise, we're all back in the room. And then, of course, everyone who's inside the room just overlaid their own judgments mm-hmm. onto that person. You know, where they say mm. Martin, yeah, he was aloof, arrogant, whatever. Right? They were just write their little. Their wow. little thing about 
what what their judgment was, and then they were shocked to find out that that, that we're all trying to be as blank as possible, you know, and that it just highlights how how judgments are like just mm-hmm. just get in the way, like they're just right there. So anti anti Hopkins. Andy Hopkins, when he played um, Hannibal Lecter at a jealous said, "Oh, how come, how come um, your character Hannibal Lecter is so scary?" He said, "Do you know what I do to make to scare really scare people?" He said, "What do you do?" I he said, "I do absolutely nothing because people's imaginations are way way more scary than any facial expression I can pull off." Mm, beautiful. That makes sense. That makes perfect. Yeah. That, 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 that that makes perfect sense. Um, and these are nice examples of kind of like I think there's cognitive dissonance of how we do judge people, strangers. Um, and then in the workplace, mm. it's even worse where people are judging each other's work, judging each other's, mm. you know, you know, you know, um, and have fears for these people, um, yeah. and they just get in the way of creating mm. great ideas. And most importantly, when you're giving feedback to someone. When you're coming from a place of judgment, people feel it. But when people come to you with a, from a place of curiosity, where they want mm. to know the answer from you, where they mm. don't know the answer, you know, it gives you such a platform to kind of like mm. feel good about receiving feedback and good about developing something. It's very hard to move when you know someone's judging you, but it's very mm. nice yeah. to know. And questions, questions then is second bit where I've realized over the years, I ask my I ask myself lots of questions like what's possible here, um, mm-hmm. um, you know what's blocking me here. What do they really need? Why? All these great questions that I ask myself, mm-hmm. but can take up a lot of time in searching mm-hmm. and overthinking, like you mentioned, Paul. If you can contain that, those powerful questions, just the question, mm-hmm. hey, what's possible here? Yeah, you know, and and I, I did a thing where you ask someone, what's possible here? when they say something they'd like to do and you keep asking them that same question 20 times, they get to something yeah. really valuable. And mm. so, 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 so I think all the questions that I've asked myself over the years, mm. I'm finally realizing there's a gift in that level of reflection that I always took for granted. And I think, you know, people don't always get the time to reflect as well. So it's a valuable space yeah. in that way. Someone one asked one. Someone one once asked Malcolm Gladwell what he thought was the uh, definitive um, definition of intelligence. He said, "Someone who can change their mind." Someone who can change their mind. Beautiful. In the yeah, you know, and it's something I play with. If I'm really convinced about a idea or a, or a standing standpoint that I have, I play a game. And the game starts with "What if? What if I? What if I was wrong? What if I am wrong?" And it's a great game to play. What so if simple. I'm wrong? It's like uh, what? Uh, yeah. What if the judgment I've made in reality is the complete polar opposite of what I th- thought it was? I love that. I, lo- I love that question. I think that's another powerful question that's, that, that that brings out curiosity in me, Paul. Which is, yeah, what if I'm wrong? Like when I work with executives, I'm going to use that question, Paul. We, we do a thing called obliquity, where you look at a problem from a different perspective. You don't look mm-hmm. at the data. You don't look at your intuition. You ask mm-hmm. a question, well, odd questions that, that, that mm-hmm. throw people, like, what happens if you're wrong? 
Mm. And I think yeah. I think that that's a really mm. nice like wonderment. And on your part of what intelligence is, I read once that they say that there's a quotient that passion plus interest is greater than intelligence. Mm-hmm. Which is which is which is interesting to think about, and I think that's very much yeah. the ADHD brain, which is having yeah. to be really down that rabbit hole, passionately curious, dopamine firing. Mm. I mean, who can beat that force? <laughs> who would oh, want yeah. to? Who would want to mess with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah. That's yeah. a gift. This is, just go go back to the reason I mentioned this thing about you know what if and questioning myself is because in my past when I was underdiagnosed. Obviously, because I was only diagnosed a couple of months ago. But looking back and thinking about all the, all the kind of terrible, th- kind of, um, of, well, all the avoidable things I could have done if I'd only, you know, given it a name, you know, and just not being very good at, you know, thinking on the spot, you know, in various situations. What if, Paul? What if you're wrong? What if they're not standing your way on purpose just to piss you off? What if they're just having a bad day? Mm, or what if, what if you're neurologically uh, diverse? <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And, Nuances, and you know, you know God. Yeah, yeah. And, and the funny thing about that is it works both ways, right? When you work with other people or see other people, like, what if I'm wrong about them? And, you know, mm. in many ways where it kind of cuts both mm. ways of, you know, it's not just a self-reflection about you. It's whatever I'm wrong about somebody else. And that's mm-hmm. very interesting to think about too. Maybe this, you know, I find that it's easier to, as a, I'm biased towards my own dysfunctional behavior than I am with others. <laughs> and that reminds me to just be a bit more kind of like, yeah, what, what are they going through kind of thing? And, and, and what if I'm yeah. wrong that their dysfunctional right. behavior doesn't mean they don't like me, they're lazy, they're not interested or whatever. It means they have a problem with something else that has nothing to do with me. And I think that's a very interesting perspective as well, to be like yeah. empathically curious about other people, let, let alone yeah. yourself and your subject yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Nice. Even if you can't, right. be, you, can't, you can't bring apathy to every situation, that would be exhausting. But, you know, you can get better trained and more intuitive about whether your empathy is, is best place definitely and i think curiosity is a is a simple enough answer to and curiosity in a question format what question could i ask here that overrides a statement or judgment right okay so we so we're coming up on the hour so uh, i know right so you know is there is there one thing that we haven't talked about that you feel like you know, uh, that we've missed. Hmm. I was going to come up with a cheeky aside, which is a fun bit saying, how did you guys end up looking so close? So, so similar to each other? Yeah. How did that, how did uh, that happen? Even my son mom. last week said, he said, cause my son calls me pop. He said, pop, you and Martin are exactly the same. That's even my son. It's not like, you know, he knows me pretty well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's all that I mean, about? Yeah. It also has its charm as well. Has its charm as well. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a charming double act. I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, we had a really interesting chat about you and, and your relationship with music and rhythm and dancing. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I'd really like, 
I, 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 I just, there's a guy, there's the guy, what's his name? One of the, one, written one of the best books on uh, ADHD, Delivered from Restraction, John R. Ratey. He said that dance is the best thing by far for ADHDers. So it's something that comes up over, you know, quite, quite a lot. And you had something really interesting to say about it. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. We both were talking, weren't we, Paul, about our dancing and our partner's perspectives on our dancing. Um, and we found a similarity in, in the fact that we're, um, we're both like, a, you know, unique dancers. Um, when we're looking at it. Um, <laughs> Charming. And gifted the, dancers. Gift, gifted, gifted, exactly. And with the I, added... I feel like we should have a group hug now. Can we have a group hug? <laughs> or, or a group dance, even. Yeah, definitely. We can, have yeah, a group yeah. hug. We can huddle. We can huddle with pleasure. Um, my wife happens to be a professional dancer as well. She's a jazz ballet dancer and has done musical theatre her whole life in big stages. So she knows how to dance. Um, and what's funny is that she noticed with my dancing, because I dance around the kitchen and, you know, act city around the house like we all do, um, um, and she noticed that she looks at me when I dance and she goes, she looks at me, she goes, <laughs> kind of like, it's, it's not, it, of course it's what the fuck is that? Definitely. But it's more a question of how are you managing to dance on the, like the offbeat? Like it's all, it's almost wow. like I don't, I, I find that I, I'm right. My tone for music is very good. Like very good. I can, yeah. you know, pick up a tune, pick up a tone, but when it comes to music itself, with the beats, I find it like with maybe with chess or whatever. I don't have the same part of the mm. brain. I can't count the beats. And so I don't know when to come in. You know, when I count, you know, one, wow. two, three, four, it's like one, two, seven, banana dance. It's like, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on. And I find it hard to like, but she mentioned I come in on the offbeat. And All that's right. the bit wow. I'm going to throw out there. And that's okay. that it's, it's, it's like I'm not dancing to the normal rhythm, right. which is actually – would make sense potentially if I yeah. lent myself to the romance of that particular analogy. You come, you come from the Miles Davis school. It's like he said, it's not about the notes; it's about the spaces in between. Yeah, I think that's you're, I, I, you're dancing that's where you in dance. the spaces where you in dance. between the notes. That's what. <laughs> what yeah, what I'm not even sure if they're if they're in between. They're kind of like above and below, and sometimes not even on on you know just you know underneath. It's underneath. It's it's. I still haven't got to the bottom of it, but um. Right. It's 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 a wonderment. All right, cool. Right, All okay. right, so we we just get to the last question, uh, which we will ask uh, every guest. Is we're now in ADHDville. You know, this is this is your town just as much as as it is ours. So you get the opportunity to to um, to take over a. A building, hmm. a a part yeah. of you know, you can kind of um, put your little flag in in ADHD, Phil. Um, talking about real estate, yeah, real estate. So where where would you? What would you like to own? Okay, in this I, lovely I, town. I have it, but I'm judging its lack of ambition. But nonetheless, I I, I would like a um, Tacoville. Uh, which will mm-hmm. be like um, um, a, a very small, uh, bright um, taco and margarita and tequila station. Oh, nice. Well, you have six or seven lovely tacos, um, lots of lime and a margarita, and you can pop in, grab a taco, grab a drink, and shoot off. Sounds friendly. Sounds intimate, nice. friendly. Yeah. I like that. 
I'm hoping um, that's a welcome contribution. Um, Taco Bell. It all is. Right. It is. I'm just have to fantastic. write that down. All nice. right. So I've been it, looking to see how that appreciates over time. Yeah. So it's uh, we're going to call it John's t- Taco Bell tacos and t- t- tequila. Right. That's perfect. All right. Lovely. Right. We will. We will get that. You. You now own that. Beautiful. I'm very proud. I feel really happy about that. Actually. Yeah. Cool. All Thank right. We're going to. Are we going to take a trip, Martin? Yeah, we're just going to jump back. Down to we're back, all of us. Back to jump back, squeeze in. Our budgets are tight, so you know we've got a we've got a de chevaux. Yeah, and we'll just uh, go back to the post office, or should we just kind of go back to the town we'll town hall? To, let's go back to the town hall. Yeah. All right, and let's go the scenic route. There we go. Seen it. All right. So we're back in the town town hall. Um, so uh, first on my little agenda here is just to remind you that uh, ADHDville is delivered fresh every Tuesday to all purveyors of fine podcasts. Please subscribe to the pod uh, and rate us most marvellous. Uh, that would be great. And feel free to correspond at will yeah. in our comments. Just don't but be wait. indifferent. Anything but indifferent. Anything no. but indifferent. You could hate us. That would be better. I'd rather Tell you us hate something. us than be indifferent. Yeah. 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 And if you want to see our beautiful, beautiful faces and and John's beautiful, beautiful face, uh, you can head over to the YouTube's and and see us there. Or you can write an email at the ADHD at gmail.com. All right, so that's kind of basically the business. So I think we can uh, we can thank John for being here, for being yes. our guinea pig guest. And, beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful to be here. Thanks so much, guys. It's a, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your your time and uh, your your generous uh, application. <laughs> What yeah. the hell does that mean? Generous I know what you mean. I, I know we're now, we're now just communicate no, beyond language. I, 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 I feel you guys. And, and again, thanks for um, holding this space so beautifully. It's been lovely to be in your presence and company, both of you. Thank cool. you very much. We'd love to have you all back right. sometime. Definitely. All right. So it just remains for all of us to dance out of the town hall and to uh, John's Tacoville tacos, and we'll, and we'll get some tequilas in us um and for the rest of you thanks for being here check out our show notes for any links because we'll put um we'll put john's contact links uh, in our show notes um if you're curious um and uh visit visit us on all the socials but in the meantime be fucking kind to yourself (laughs) and uh from me know thyself sons of the hounds come hither and get flesh as they say up in the up in the highlands and John say goodbye thank you very much hey see you guys this has been great thank Ah. you I haven't got a quote (laughs) (laughs) you you don't need one there you get paid anyway that's that